Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select buy us a cup of coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. All right, dudes, forgive me, but one more advertisement before we finally get into the show here. I want to talk about Beats for Heartbeats. Beats for Heartbeats uh, was established as a nonprofit organization in 2020, but fundraising efforts in the form of an event, Beats for Heartbeats, began in 2019. The mission of Heartbeats, Inc. is to celebrate the value of every life through the power of Christ. This is accomplished by acting as a conduit to provide support through awareness and fundraising for organizations that aggressively focus their efforts efforts on benefiting abundant life for the most vulnerable, including pro-life and pregnancy counseling, foster care and adoption services, combating human sex trafficking, um, depression counseling, and both suicide and euthanasia prevention. Currently, Beats for Heartbeats raises funds through an outdoor music festival um, which takes place each fall in West Bend, Wisconsin. And this year's event will take place on September 17th at the Washington County Fairgrounds. Performances will start at 2.30 and include him and her worship, who've been on the show a couple of times. Koine, the church band, Brian uh, from Koine, has also been on the show before. They'll also feature Rest, <laughs> Rhett Walker and Sanctus Real. So um, a great ticket. Um, it's going to be an awesome show. Last year's show was an absolute blast. The Gird Up Bros and I will also be there once again, and we'll hope that we'll see you there as well. Mark your calendars for September 17th at the Washington County Fairgrounds up there in Wisconsin for Beats for Heartbeats 2022. We'll see you there. I'm ready too. You're Get listening to, to the broadcast today. This will be published for the first time on September 10th, 2022. My name is Charlie Ungemach, and I'm joined this morning by Gustav Wen and Connor Herter. Connor, we've had you around before, but I don't think we've ever gotten. Have you been on the podcast before? Yeah, you were. Yeah, once. I was a Friday night one time. Yeah, but give us, give us the, uh, give us the elevator talk. Who is Connor Herter? What so, are you doing in New Ulm? This is my senior year at uh, Martin Luther College. And I guess my story is a little bit different than most of the students at MLC. I started uh, here at MLC back in 2013 and didn't do well academically, and they asked me to take a year off, and I ended up taking six years off. 
and uh, coming back in 2019 as a true freshman, having to do all four years was a little bit daunting, but uh, it's been a joy to be back, and during that time, I met both these guys, and it's kind of where I'm at now. Dude, you sound straight up pastorly right now. I love this. <laughs> I love this pastor voice coming out of you right now. <laughs> Thanks. That's awesome. So, um, it's a, I mean, you guys talked a little bit about your story, too, coming back. Uh, just, mm-hmm. I guess we didn't really prep this question at all, but what, uh, how, so how old were you when you came back? college so i was 25 when i came back um it was uh, starting fresh as a freshman yeah starting completely fresh as a freshman which living in the dorm at 25 was a little bit different uh, (laughs) but uh, it's actually been a lot more fun than i thought it was going to be and i really appreciate uh, being around the younger guys and i don't know keeps me feeling young mentally young yeah well they've had a much bigger impact on me than i thought they were going to yeah it's crazy yeah it's cool um but what would you say just like Real, just little snapshot. Like, what is the most, what, what's been the most challenging and the most rewarding parts of going back to school? At, I mean, not that much older, but a little bit older. So during the time when I wasn't at school, I spent a lot of time just working manual labor jobs, and so the complete shifting gears that took place when I had to go from shutting my brain off to go do manual labor all day to actually doing academics again was a, probably the biggest shift for me. I know you were teaching before you came back and so you were kind of already in that mindset right and doing professional development and right that right, kind of right, stuff, right, yeah. right yeah i don't know gus what would you say uh maybe most challenging part of coming back to see that was a great answer too connor because you covered both the rewards and the the, the <laughs> challenges in one answer that's a good answer what would you say the most rewarding and challenging part of coming back to coming back to new almost uh, I think the most rewarding part was getting to be here on a Christian campus again, just because, um, I mean, you don't, you don't get, uh, the same experience whatsoever anywhere else. You know, it is very unique to New Ulm. It's very unique to MLC specifically. Uh, and honestly, there's a lot of blessings that come with it. And I think the challenge though was, um, now granted I wasn't out for nearly as long as you guys were, but, uh, just the culture shift that occurs from being around a bunch of secular individuals who were great people and I am very grateful to have had them in my life but uh, there's definitely just the way you talk to each other, the way you act around each other the things that you do um, it is significantly different out here and so getting adjusted back to that kind of lifestyle uh, and being able to perform at the academic level that MLC asks of you so. I think like the richest blessing for me has definitely been chapel every day and being oh, yeah. able to participate in that. I mean, you don't get to experience hundreds of pretty well-trained voices singing praises to God at the same time. I mean, it's, <laughs> right? it's an True. incredible experience. Push that plunger down. No, hey, don't talk to me about the plunger. <laughs> I know what it's doing. I've got a theory. We're making right Fresh now. Prince coffee over here, trying to get trying to get into in the in the gear this morning. So, um, I guess our first shout out goes to MLC for being an awesome place to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I it's been I I didn't expect it to be I kind of expected it to be a stopping point along the way, and it's proven to be an absolutely trans. I mean, I was a, already an MLC grad, mm-hmm. and coming back still has been an absolutely uh, I don't know what the right word is, uh, transitional experience or something like yeah. transformational isn't quite the right word, but yeah, definitely been a huge blessing to me, um, in the on the way. Uh, my my actual shout out this morning <coughs> goes to get into our get into our stuff here. Actual shout out goes to Labor Day for being timed exactly right. <laughs> I 
desperately needed a day off. <laughs> and so go. Labor Day came at just the right time. <laughs> Whew. Uh, my shout out is to the sun. Uh, S U N or S O N? S U N. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, for giving us that vitamin D and uh, also reminding me that, um, yes, I am moderately pale. And it hurts a lot when I get burned. Bro, I've got some nasty tan lines on my thighs right now. <laughs> See, it's weird, though, because I'm not, I'm not like, my skin isn't peeling at all. Really? But it's, like, hurting like it is. It's, it's like, weird. crispy? Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I've been drinking lots of water. Yeah. And that I feel like that's the only reason why it hasn't really been peeling yet. But, hey, whatever. I never I'll realized, have a good tan yeah. <laughs> after this. I never realized how short my shorts were until I got sunburnt on my thighs. Mm, and yep. then went, oh, gosh, I've never been burnt here before. I don't think realized how short your shorts were. <laughs> yeah, no, I realized how short your shorts were. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but when you got legs like these, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, Connor, what's your thank you today or shout out today? I guess my shout out today goes to the local brewery for uh, having that burger truck there on Friday night that saved me eating cafeteria oh, yeah. food. Um, yeah. And then uh, I guess my, my more serious one is more appreciation for having me on this podcast. So, what Charlie, I appreciate you having me out here with me. What was that morning. burger truck? Real I quick. didn't Just eat so it, but it was like people teal, right? could remember oh, what it is. I don't remember what it was. It was like teal colored? Oh, yeah, something like that. I don't, yeah, I don't remember what it was called oh, either. Man. We should figure that out. Shout them out for real. No. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, maybe by you next week. You give Charlie fine. some love one more time. Love me. Tell me how great I am. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, my thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, this week goes to um, the MLC um, financial aid office. Um, got a special scholarship this last week, so very thankful for that. Obviously, nice. every penny helps. <laughs> and uh, I was I was awarded a scholarship. I definitely didn't think I was going to get rewarded, and it wasn't even anything I applied for. So that was really That's great. that was a really big boon to my not my self esteem, but like my I don't want to say mental health as if I'm like falling apart or something. I don't know. It was just a good, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a nice surprise to open up my email over the weekend and be like, uh, oh, my financial situation just changed. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that. So that was nice. Myself. That was nice. Well, you got a couple years to go. <laughs> I, I, somebody was giving me a hard time the other day about sitting like right on the 50-yard line at, like, at the football game. And they're like, oh, man, these are the big money seats. I was like, yeah, the amount of tuition I've paid in this college over the last seven years, right. I feel like I deserve good seats. <laughs> yeah, but thank you uh, to anybody that's helped me uh, be able to fund all this. And even the people that have been employing me, it's been I, I I honestly several different times along the way haven't known where the money was the next check was going to come from you know obviously I've been working hard as much as I can but not always sure where the next check's going to come from and the Lord keeps providing through the people around me so thank you to everybody that the Lord has used to to help me pay for college. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah I guess uh I'm thank you uh, thank you to all the people family and friends that have um you know been there for me lately i guess it's just kind of been a roller coaster of the past couple years and there's uh been a lot of love and support from a lot of people that i care about and uh yeah it's just kind of coming around and i don't know it's uh it's nice to get that text every once in a while like hey like how's how are things and then that turns into a real conversation and then being able to actually talk stuff out kind of deal so. yeah even that level of relationship is always 
I feel like I don't appreciate those relationships enough. The people that can just like call mm-hmm. me up and we pick up and talk about things like we never left off. So, yeah. For me, I guess I'd like to thank, uh, especially my parents. I mean, even now at 28 years old, I still talk to my parents pretty frequently and they're always a constant source of encouragement. Um, uh, thanks to my best friend for encouraging me to actually take the plunge and go back to MLC all those years ago. Um, and yeah, just thank you to both of you again for having me on here. I really appreciate doing this with you guys. So forgive me if this is too intense of a question. Mm. Was that your blind best friend? Yes, that is my blind Tell best friend. Tell us more about your blind best friend because you said <laughs> blind best friend a bunch of times and I want to know more about him. So he's not completely blind. Uh, my, my best <laughs> friend is, uh, he's legally blind and, uh, what he has is called septo-optic dysplasia, which, uh, basically the way he's always described it to me is he can, he can't really see outside of black and white in his right eye and his left eye. He has more vision, but it's still, you know, he has special prescriptions. He has glasses that have scopes on and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but where that leaves him in life is he's not able to, uh, drive a car or anything like that or get a license. And so yeah, it's been a very unique and, and close uh, friendship that we've had over the years, mainly me driving him to all the places he needs to go. <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't ask for anybody else as my best friend. That's awesome. That's awesome. Very cool. You want to shout him out? Yeah, his name's Garrett Peckins. I know right now he's working at the same place we worked at all summer right now. So when you're hearing this, just remember me. <laughs> remember me. Forgot you. He's your best friend, but you're not his. <laughs> Well, you guys rode bikes together, right? Yeah, this summer, uh, actually, it's been a weird. It's been a weird event this summer. There seems to be a, a massive advent of electronic bikes taking mm-hmm. off all over the place, and so we found one that a family member of mine was selling. And I thought, you know, of all the things that he could ride, I mean, this would this would be perfect for him. And so initially, uh, he got that bike, and I bought a cheap hundred dollar mountain bike just to kind of go the path with him on the way to work. And I kind of fell in love with, with biking while I was doing it. And my bike currently has a flat tire right now sitting in the MLC parking lot. But, uh, yeah, I did that with him for a number of weeks over the summer and quickly shed uh, 25 pounds. You're looking good, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, when you bike 12 miles a day there and back to work, you, you, uh, you shed <laughs> weight really quickly. Yeah, I worked really hard this summer, but they fed me really well this <laughs> summer. So those two things balanced out. So, All right, Gustav, talk to us about the news. All right, yeah, so uh, this news is coming from September 7th, 2022, right? So today that we're recording this. Um, first off, mostly good business news. Uh, the latest job report was encouragingly mediocre. Um, the nation added 315,000 jobs in August, slightly below the estimated 318,000 jobs, and much lower than the 526,000 jobs gained in July. Um Whereas unemployment rose from 3.5% to 3.7. So, so in July, there were a lot more jobs created than September. Yes. But there was still an increase from August. Yeah. And so here's why this is just right. Okay. So a great report would have signaled that the Fed's attempt in combat inflation, attempts to combat inflation weren't working. A big increase? And may, yeah. So if, <laughs> yeah. That is correct. A great, a good report. So, like, if there were a bunch of jobs and unemployment was lower, it would be like, oh, look, the Fed's attempt to combat inflation isn't working and would lead to more severe interest rate hikes, whereas a bad report would have signaled that the Fed may have gone too far. 
Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we're kind of in that middle ground. So, uh, yeah, get a job. <laughs> I guess I I still don't really under I don't I don't know maybe nobody understands but I still don't really understand how we can have a job shortage and a, or how we can have um, so many open jobs and still have unemployment. Yeah, because we have we don't have enough workers to fill the jobs we have, and we don't have and we still have an unemployment rate that's higher than it needs to be. And it's not like welfare people. Yeah. I don't understand. Because yeah, they got cut back a lot right. um, a couple months ago, didn't it? Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Yes, there are people that could work and aren't, but that's not causing this massive problem across the country. At least that's my understanding. But I don't know. If anybody can explain that <coughs> to me, yeah, <laughs> I don't reach out because I do not I understand. just figured it'd be pertinent for oh, the it's definitely parents pertinent. that are listening right now. That's definitely not for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely helping out college kids because there's. You pretty much just got to walk out the door and say, yo, I need a job. And yeah, somebody goes, get over here. Yeah, you can get yeah. a job literally anywhere right and now. And people yeah. are paying crazy <clears throat> amounts for people to come work for them right mm-hmm. now. I mean, a job In that... any position, too. A job that I was working 10 years ago making 10 bucks an hour, I'm making 21 bucks an hour at now. So it's, wow. it's just yeah. completely... In 10 years, it's crazy yeah. how much has changed. And it's up in the ante, it seems like, for the companies that aren't necessarily paying that much more, they're treating you a lot better because they want you to stick around. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. <laughs> wish all oh you know what not going there. all <laughs> right go there. <laughs> so i'm gonna throw this out there all right so this one i don't know that we need to talk about a whole bunch but just kind of an update on the mar-a-lago situation so <laughs> a federal judge granted former president trump's request that a special master re-review the seized documents for anything protected by attorney client or executive privilege noting trump's personal medical and te- tax records were included the DOJ's investigation is largely on hold until the review is completed. So that's honestly kind of comforting too. Yeah, it's like nice. It feels like they're kind of getting through due process. Hmm, yeah, and not doesn't just, mean I like it, but it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, an update for all of you who are in hurricane areas. So Tropical t- Storm Earl projected to become 2022's first significant hurricane, is forecasted to hammer Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. Um, too bad we can't direct the excess water to California. Um, the state, <laughs> so the state is issuing pleas to conserve electricity in face of triple d- digit temperatures, temperatures, potential blackouts, and deadly wildfires. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of like two pieces of news in one, right? Yeah, um, we haven't had very many ungodly hot days in Minnesota this year, right? It's no, but it's really been holding steady. Yeah, it's days. been some. It's been holding Yesterday steady about mid eighties. So horrible, really? Yeah, I absolutely. The humidity, yeah, dude. Okay, when I first of all, when I woke up yesterday morning, my phone was wet for, for no like what? there was. It was like I touched my phone screen, and unless my hand was soaking wet, which would still be strange, it was it was whack. I hated it so much. Yeah. And then the whole entire day, like I tried to take a nap in my room. You know what? I never really understood why humility. Okay. You know how women are always talking about humidity and their hair and stuff. And I just can always mm-hmm. rolled my eyes mm-hmm. until I started growing a beard. I have like twice as much volume on a humid day than I do on a regular day. Kind of, kind of. Do you experience the same thing? See, I don't. I have never noticed a difference with my beard, and I've been growing a beard for a couple of years. I know you have too, <clears> but uh, people always ask if it gets really hot during the summer or anything like that. But I no, haven't. No, it doesn't I, get I, hot. No, it doesn't feel hot. I mean, but I, I mean, I, my, you. First of all, 
before I say this, you have a gorgeous beard, so this is not a shot at your beard. Mine is a little thicker than yours. Yours is a little bit thicker than mine, yeah. Um, And maybe that's the difference, is that it it just is so much thicker. But you've got, man, that thing is gorgeous. Yeah. Well, yours grows out better than mine. Mine, like, yours looks like real hair. Mine, when it grows out, just looks like, I don't know, it gets all frizzy. No matter how well I take care of it. Well, it I get might a lot just of shots be a little for, too curly or something. I, I get know. a lot of shots for looking like a rabbi now. Uh, yeah. A couple of the professors like to take shots. Professor Logan calls him rabbi yeah. when yeah. he calls on every single, yeah. Yeah. Every really? single yeah. time. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Every single time. I think it helps that you should just start wearing a yarmulke all the time. Yeah, no, if it wasn't for the humidity, I would probably love the Midwest. That's how I'll put it. Does it get this humid out in Montana? No, not even close. It is Montana is the modern Eden in my mind so <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway, anyway, I would argue all right, right, all right, all right, all right. okay so last thing <laughs> uh amazon uh amazon's 715 million dollar lord of the rings prequel series has hauled in a massive 25 million first day viewers now see i was wrong so when i talked about this the other day with you and nick yeah i was wrong so for reference hbo's new game of thrones prequel received 10 million so I, I was wrong on the first day viewer thing. But Amazon suspended reviews after being flooded with one-star ratings. <laughs> For as many reasons as Hobbits in the Shire, it was too woke, too violent, and too far from the Tolkien's original, etc. It is far from Tolkien's it original. Is. Yeah. I don't know how you can say it. It wasn't actually even that violent compared to the other stuff in the I, well, series. We only got two episodes and in. And it was pretty woke, We though. only got two episodes in. Yeah, it was and also, well. here's the thing: is like you got to think about. So here's the thing: is I would be citing the too violent because a lot of people. Okay, I guess I watched Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit when I was a fairly young guy, like middle school, right? But like an hour and forty five minutes of the two hour movie is war, right? But it's it's different. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we need to keep watching and then we'll understand. Did the, have you watched the account? Oh yeah, I watched uh, both HBO's. Uh, was it House of Dragons? House of the and Dragon? then I watched yeah, also House of Dragons. Turning out great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that, that a lot, and I actually really enjoyed uh, the new Rings of Power I, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Now, granted, we were talking over the top of it a lot. Oh yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy. I'm going to watch them again right now. I'm actually rewatching The Hobbit just because I wanted to. I, I was going to reread The Hobbit, and I didn't have time to reread The Hobbit, so I was like, you know, I'm just going to watch yeah. the movies, which is fun because I hadn't. I don't think I actually have watched the middle movie. Uh, I'm realizing that like Was as the I'm going through one, Desolation of Smog. Yeah, yeah. So I like I, I'm I'm watching like in 20 minute chunks. I don't think I ever actually watched the Desolation of Smog, mm. um, or at least I don't remember it. But anyway, um, the uh, like the woke as far as the wokeness of the new series, I don't mind like the fact that there's a whole bunch of different races represented. Like if the actor can play the part, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. You know. What did bother me, though, and what I've seen a couple other people point out, is that um, you've almost got, like, uh, Simpsons syndrome in this series so far. And actually, Elon Musk threw this out there, which you kind of, I mean, yes, he's rivals with Jeff Bezos, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But uh, so far, all of the, like, strong, brave, heroic protagonists are women. Even though, in the books, they're both male and female Heroes equally represent right, yeah. and so why do we need to change that if the books equally represent yeah. both men and women? See, here's the that's, thing: the that's people the thing that are liking the show, so the people that are liking the show, are the people 
who only watch the movies and only like that's it you know what i mean yeah whereas the people who aren't liking the show are the ones that get into the tolkien well, they're, lore they're and understand who purists. tolkien was as an author right right that's the difference is i think there were a lot of people excited for this because they wanted more tolkien not necessarily they wanted more lord of the rings television you know what yeah, I mean? That's true. You kind of see what difference it, I'm making there. And there's a perspective, too, of, uh, like, we're watching it as Christians who understand that he created this to help us better understand Christ and the Christian life. Mm. And we're, I think that the you can you can already tell that's not going to be an emphasis in the, uh, the Christocentricity isn't going to oh, be yeah. an interest. Not at all. Of interest at Whatsoever. all to the people who are creating this one. That was a good word. <laughs> I think I made it up, but whatever. It might be legit. Uh, sure. Connor, I cut you off. Did you have something? No, I just I I I've been working on going into these shows with a completely blank mind and not any preconceived notions of what's going to what to expect or what people are already saying about it. And so when Amazon got rid of the whole reviewing, <laughs> at first okay, I but thought that's that was a red a little, flag, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> because because I th- I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of people out there that won't even give the show a chance and they'll fair still enough. go online and completely destroy it in the reviews. That's a fair point. Yeah. And I think that has the potential to to hurt a lot of TV shows and movies in the future if just because it's not the way it was when you were a kid and not the way you remember it doesn't mean that there's not some 10-year-old mm-hmm. sitting there watching Rings of Powers right now with his mind blown <laughs> and it's going to be, you know, a cornerstone of his of who he becomes as a person kind and of like Lord of the Rings was for me. Ones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did you read the books as a kid or just the movies? Uh, I didn't read them as a kid, but as I got older, I read them, and I actually listened Same to them on audio book when I was working and that kind of stuff. So I'm not exactly a Tolkien purist, but I'm <laughs> I'm I'm always willing to to give something like this a shot. And if they're going to dump a billion dollars into it, then yeah. you know, yeah, they sure. might yeah. as well give it. A, the production quality has been excellent. Looks yeah. fantastic. And here's the thing: is like when you compare that to House of the Dragon. See, House of the Dragon's everything we expected it to be, though. You know what I mean? Like it's an HBO show, so it's gonna be having all that stuff that maybe we don't like or agree with so it's we just go in naturally knowing that it's going to be what it's going to be whereas i think there was a different level of expectation and maybe innocence that people were putting on to the rings of power that you can't attribute to other series of the similar genre i have a hard time forgiving hbo for what they did to season eight of game of thrones because i I loved all of (laughs) it but if, if you look at season eight completely separate from the rest of the se- the rest of the series, it's on on its own. It's not a bad series See, or a bad season. Yeah, I remember everybody freaked out about how horrible they say. Like they said it was horrible when it first came out, and being since I watched it like four years later or how however long ago it was when it came out, I don't know. I honestly didn't mind. I was like, mm, not great, but it just felt rushed. Okay, like anyway, they were trying to on. finish. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bros with Bibles <laughs> this week. We're talking about the third commandment. Uh, the third commandment is, uh, I, well, remember the seventh day by keeping it holy. So, um, obviously, it had a little bit different connotation in the Old Testament than it does today. Um, God is not commanding us to um, keep a literal Sabbath day. You know, not mm-hmm. not uh, not working on a given day of the week and making it a specific day of the week. So, like the old in the Old Testament. They, it was illegal to do any like professional work besides feeding your animals, pretty much, and taking. Uh, you weren't even allowed to cook when they were in the wilderness. You weren't even allowed to cook your food on Saturday. It was a day completely off, completely devoted to physical rest and uh, worship. 
And so that's the concept then that carries forward into the New Testament. Obviously, we start to worship on Sundays after Jesus raises from the dead on a Sunday. Um, but otherwise, generally throughout Christian history, we worshiped on Sunday, and then that also was day off of work. And it helped that for the most part in the last um, 1,500 years or so, we have uh, Christianity generally has been um, practiced in a place where the, it was receptive to such things, where it either wasn't an issue to not work on Sunday or it was actually celebrated and adopted by the culture, even if the culture didn't um, adopt Christianity itself. Um, and you can kind of see that in the states here. We can argue about whether or not our founding fathers were you know, actually Christians or just fundamentalists or agnostics or whatever. But they're adopting these um, these Christocentric or Judeo-Christian um, principles, such as a Sabbath, and so um, it's been uh, for most of American history, the Sabbath has been something that was at least um, like accepted mm -hmm. um, because we do understand that it's important to take a day off of work. I think in our day and age, we forget what rest is, and that makes it a little bit more challenging. So one yeah. of the things that Luther emphasized is um, taking one day of physical rest just so that people won't get exhausted. And um, while, while yes, the world that they were living in in 1520 or 1530 or when he wrote this, um, yes, it was a very different world, but that doesn't change the fact that we s most of us still are working every day, mm. and that can be absolutely exhausting. Um, it's a little challenging as a student. Well, um, and mental rest is just in. as important exactly. as physical rest. So, um, so just because you're sitting at a cubicle all week or just because you're in an office or whatever you might be doing instead of um, working a manual labor job, manual labor jobs, it still is just as important as ever oh, yeah. to take a day of rest at the end. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but the mental rest, like you said, Gus, is a huge piece of it too. It also makes it incredibly difficult to actually spend time devoted to worship and prayer if you're mentally and physically exhausted. Um, and so the two things both benefit each other. So Luther, um, Luther in talking about why the Third Commandment um, uh, was put into place to begin with, why God would have instituted it, said, They are to desist from heavy work and rest on this day for the refreshment of both man and beast, lest constant work exhaust them. And according to its literal and external sense, therefore this commandment is of no concern for Christians, as I said. Note that we observe holy days not for the welfare of intelligent and learned Christians, meaning like people that are educated and understand the value of the rest, um, for these do not need them. We observe them first for the sake of the body and its needs. Um, so it's really God looking out for us and saying, I know that as fallen creatures, you have weaknesses and you have limits, and I'm going to make sure that you take care of yourselves. Um, so then the question really becomes, what does that look like? in uh, our modern world um, and uh, Luther again just spits out some wonderful wisdom when he says any lifestyle or labor carried on apart from God's word is unholy in the eyes of God no matter how much it may seem to shine and glisten this holds true even if it were totally festooned by holy relics as are the so-called spiritual orders which do not know God's word and seek their holiness in their own works so they're trying to be good enough to earn God's favor which is going to work against the Sabbath uh, because if you're desperately trying to be good enough um, to earn God's favor, then you can't you can't really afford to take any time off. Because right. the good I want to do, I do not do; mm -hmm. the evil I do not want to, do, I keep on doing. <coughs> so the vital thrust of this commandment is not a matter of metal, matter of physical rest, but of sanctifying, so that this day may have its own particular holy work, i.e., spending time with my Savior. Yep. So, 
if I'm going to apply the third commandment to myself as a modern Christian, mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that I always get physical rest so that I can, one, serve better in my vocation and glorify my Heavenly Father. But more importantly, I'm going to set aside time where I can be fully engaged in worship of my Heavenly Father and communication with Him, which is going to be very, very difficult if I'm completely physically and mentally exhausted. Um, and uh, if I can do those things, then I honor God with my body and with my life, mm-hmm. and I will have fulfilled the third commandment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. <laughs> I think, well, and, and it's easy to get busy, and I think what right. I kept thinking about while I was reading it through the first time was, like, how often I, quote-unquote, rest on my cell phone. Mm, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I know, Connor, yeah, you're yeah. a little bit better at this than I think I am. Um, just not being on your phone all the time. Well, I've, but, I've over the years, I've tried to cut out a lot of my social media, and it's a little bit different now. I mean, I, I, I reinstalled Facebook, so I, I am kind of on social media a little bit more than I used to be. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I try not to spend as much time, and I try to be as conscious as I can of when Apple's telling me that I've been on my phone for four hours today mm-hmm. or something like there that and try to yeah. cut it out. Yeah. I don't. We forget that looking at a screen or even at a TV is not rest for your mind in particular. Right. And if your mind's not resting, your body's not resting because you still got, like, cortisol and all this other stuff pumped through your veins mm-hmm. when you're stressed. And so watching some action movie isn't actually going to help you get refreshed mm-hmm. and restored. Yeah. Um, you need to get some quiet time of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, I think my encouragement to people would be to... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Pass the coffee, please. <laughs> there we go. Um, I don't know. In my mind, it's like my... I think... See, I was talking to I was talking to uh, someone about this last night. And uh, so maybe that idea that, you know, one Sunday you're going to worship... Right, so you're getting literal. You know, you're doing, doing the Sabbath. I guess you could say, if that's well, you're doing of, your formal yeah. public worship service. There Corporate you go. Worship. So you Corporate, go and you worship, them. right? And then after that, like I would encourage people to then seek out something more, right? Like if you're gonna have more stuff in your day, if you're gonna try and, like if you if you're one of those people that can't stand just kind of having a chill day, maybe being a little laid back kind of deal. Find something that you do and have it be with, you know, like with Christ, like go and do another devotion with a friend of yours or heck, just meet up and have a conversation with somebody. And, you know, maybe you can share with them the love that you learned that morning at church. Right. Uh, Whatever that may be for some people. I mean, I know it's harder for others. And uh, maybe at that point, it's like then make yourself more knowledgeable. Go and find a book that you ought to read. Uh, that teaches you more about certain doctrines that maybe you're unfamiliar with. I don't know. You know, do something that helps you grow in your faith, I guess is what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to say, and potentially helps others grow in their faith. I guess my my encouragement for people that are out there working jobs where you are, you know, kind of like what I was doing, you were working a manual manual labor job. Uh, I had to be very clear and set limits with my company that Sunday is is my day. I'll work, Mm -hmm. you know, Monday to Saturday, and I did that a lot. I was working 60 hours a week, and we had plenty of people that came in on Sunday just because you're always behind when you're in a manufacturing setting. But, yeah, I made it very clear to them that this is a day for me and Mm -hmm. a day for me to worship. And so having that barrier set with my company early when when I was hired by them, 
let them know and let my supervisors know I'm, I'm not going to be there on Sunday. And it doesn't have to be Sunday. Right. But yeah. you sure, should sure. set a day aside. Yeah. And it would be clutch if that day could be a day mm-hmm. where worship is offered. So maybe yeah. your church offers Thursday Saturday. evening worship, Saturday night worship. Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can, it doesn't have to be Sunday. Yeah. But to have a day set apart where you're not, wor- like, it's, um, I don't remember who wrote this, and maybe I should have looked it up because it did pop in my brain before, but the, um, there, somebody wrote somewhere, it might even be Luther somewhere else, that the Sabbath isn't necessarily a day where you don't work, mm-hmm. but it's a day where you don't do your, like, your, le- your vocation or whatever it is, like, it's the day that's different. Mm-hmm. So it's the day where we clean up the house and make sure everything's clean. And you're probably also going to spend, like, you're not probably going to work as hard. And you're probably going to, you know, ha- mm-hmm. get some physical rest and things. And those are all important. But it's the it's a break from the, you know, from farming or from, you know, manufacturing right. or whatever the Israelites would have been doing. So then again, applied to us, mm-hmm. like, it's the day where you're making sure your life is in order and things are squared away and you're good to go, right? Yeah. Um, and it's an interruption of... Because an interruption generally is also going to represent rest, mm. like an, an interruption from what you've been doing throughout the week. Yeah, a, the different thing, pa- a different pace. What I was thinking about when you were talking, Connor, is if you have the ability to have like a radio on or even headphones yeah. in while yeah. you're working, throw on, it could be Jesus music, it could be audiobooks, it this could be podcast. the Dwell app, it could be the Gird Up podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but with the Dwell app, I love to listen to sermons. Yeah. Um, I even listen to some sermons that are guys that's every once in a while. Now, I wouldn't suggest everybody do this. But like like Alistair Begg and a couple other guys that yeah. aren't necessarily like good Lutheran preachers, right? Um, but who are right ninety seven percent of the time, mm-hmm. and then it's almost a game of I'm, this is refreshing me, and I'm also trying to pick out like he happens to be Presbyterian. Yep. So I'm, as I'm listening to it, I'm also trying to identify Presbyterian theology that I wouldn't necessarily agree with in his preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of a, a game of I'm both being fulfilled by this, but I'm also kind of honing my my heresy finder. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. In the yeah. in the light of the third commandment, I think I think you have to kind of remember too. For the Old Testament Israelites, it was obligatory. Like this yes. is what you had to do. Whereas after Christ, it's something we get to do. And I think mm-hmm. people forget mm-hmm. that the option to worship whenever we want to, the option to to participate with Christ is something we get to do now and so it's something to celebrate and not feel that we have to take rest but we get to take rest with our lord amen yeah in my mind the big thing is building relationships see because it's like sunday was always a family day growing up for me you know what i mean so it's like you go to church and then maybe you go and you get lunch with everybody and grandma and grandpa and whatnot so i don't know i guess it's like Take that opportunity because you're growing in your relationship with God, with other people, you know, then grow with those other people as well. All right. Going into uh, Bible trivia here then. We got three. I, I went a little I went a little different approach on these, so hopefully these are more answerable and you can reason through a couple oh, no. of them, I think. So first question, all right, in the Bible. Okay, the oldest man to ever live was Methuselah. Yep. He was the oldest man at 969 years old. Okay, six other people also lived to be over 900 years old. All right, who was the last? The youngest of the, the six most people. Recent. Who was the yeah the most recent? So in oh, history, who was yeah. the last person 
to live over 900 years. Wasn't it like Noah or something? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think it was after Why do you say Noah? Because after the flood, God was like, now people only get to live to 120 or something. Yeah, and there's all kinds of theories about why that is. Um, they've, there's a, one of them. One of them is the idea that like when it, when the when scripture says the floodgates of heaven were open, mm-hmm. there's a theory that like around the whole earth before that there was like a not water clouds necessarily shell. right, but like a water shell kind of where the ozone layer is um, that would have insulated essentially insulated you more from the sun and made it. Like obviously there still would have been enough light for, for life, right. um, but that would have somehow I don't know what the science is, but it would somehow have made conditions easier for living, so you wouldn't mm. age as fast. I don't know if any of that's true. I, nobody knows if any of that's true. It's all theories. But you're correct. Um, Noah was the last one. He lived to be 950 years old, and then after that, the longevity of life decreased pretty pretty drastically. <laughs> um, tenth of good. That. So you guys are one for one. If you beat me, you know, you get lots of, you know, self-pride and stuff. Beat you? Oh, You're not good. even... Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm caught up with the questions, I guess. I don't know. All right. How many people in the Bible were raised from the dead? How many different times in the Bible is someone raised from the dead? <clears throat> There's more in the Old Testament than I realized. Yeah, I don't have any Old Testament guesses, first of all. Um, well, the whole Bible, though. Yeah, right. Right. But I'm saying that none of my numbers are even... Okay, I don't know. I was going to say three. <laughs> I had I had two for sure in my head. Yeah, I mean, yeah, two for sure, and I had one open for fun. Including the Old Testament? I feel like we just talked about this in class the other day, the first person yeah, I got that, that was raised from the dead. I got nothing it's either. probably six. Ten. Ten. Ten people. So you've got, in the Old Testament, you've got Elisha raising the widow's son. Oh. Mm. Elijah, I'm sorry. Elisha raising the Shunammite's son. You've got dead man who came to life when he was laid on the bones of Elisha in Second Kings. You remember that story? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like this old guy, or he's dead, and they lay him on top of Elisha's bones, and he comes back to life. I forgot about that one, I but that's a cool, that that's good. That's, and it's, so, it's such a brief account. It's just like, oh, this happened. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? Anyway, um, Jesus raised the widow's son. Jesus raised the daughter of Jairus. Jesus raised Lazarus. Jesus himself is resurrected. Okay, And then in the, uh, in the New Testament, um, like after Jesus' death, you've got the saint, dead saints who come out of their graves after Jesus' resurrection. And again, there's debate about whether they stayed alive or they it was just dead bodies walking around. Um, it seems to imply that they stayed alive because it's a uh, oh, what's the I can't remember the tense of the Greek verb. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it impli- it implies that they continued came back to living. life and continued to live. Yeah. Um, and then Peter raised Tabitha, better known as Dorcas. Um, that's a great name for your daughter someday. Fantastic by the way. name. <laughs> Call your daughter Dorcas. Call her Dorky for yeah. short. <laughs> um, and then Paul. And then Paul raised. I don't even raised. I don't remember how to say this. Eutychus. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. So those are the ten that were raised from the dead. So mm-hmm. it's more than you. I thought at the off the top of my head when I first read the question. I was guessing probably like six or seven. Yeah. At ten seems like a big number, but if you keep them all into account. Well, they, that I mean. The saints that were raised, there's no true number on that. Is right. That well, so? that's why I changed the, I rephrased the question yeah. the second time I said it. Because How many accounts? Hmm. Of, yeah. 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 Okay. Here we go. When Samson killed a thousand men, mm-hmm. 
Because there were multiple times where he killed a whole bunch of men. One yeah. time he killed 3,000 men. One time he killed a couple hundred. When he killed 1,000 men, what was his chosen weapon? Donkey Jawbone. Yeah, there we go. In Judges 15. So you guys got two out of three. Um, here's another fun fact that I did not know before. Ostriches are mentioned only twice in the Bible. They are described as cruel. <laughs> They're described as cruel and harsh towards their young, <laughs> having no wisdom understanding, but they are faster than a horse. So the Bible's not kind to ostriches, but it's like, yo, those, those things are fast though. I didn't even think I that they were mentioned. They wrote them, you know, like Prince of Persia type. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I've. I feel like not from a biblical source here just i feel like i've heard that there were people that tried over the centuries but it was never really well they do in the prince of persia so okay well okay <laughs> also this is another fun one that just Which made me laugh a little bit um dogs are mentioned like 40 times or something like that in the bible yeah okay. 41 times mm-hmm. cats are never mentioned once nice <laughs> dogs are superior. so that means that dogs are better than cats Absolutely. if you ask me that is accurate yep dogs <laughs> are biblical Dogs are biblical. You so should someday, get a dog because God says nice if you have an argument as to which pet is the best, you say <laughs> yeah. dogs are in the Bible. That's right. Dogs are mentioned in the Bible 40 times. How many times is your cat no. mentioned? Huh? All right. Top Wait. three today. Songs about faith or Jesus, which are not CCM or gospel tracks. So it doesn't mean that the, uh, the artist can't be a Christian, but it does mean that it either is by an artist who usually doesn't make Christian music or it does not fit into the Christian contemporary music or gospel genre. Okay, so I immediately broke my own rules by yeah. saying <laughs> Jesus is King by Kanye. I know it's technically a gospel album. He keeps calling it a gospel album, but it's really not a gospel album. It's a hip-hop album, and it's a phenomenal hip-hop album. Um, besides the fact that it is actually pretty squared away on theology and things. He doesn't really get into theology. Um, but it's really well done, and I really enjoy it. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal album. I love, I love it. I like Kanye anyway. Right. Jesus Walks isn't exactly a Christian piece, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Jesus King is absolutely phenomenal. What you got? Uh, well, uh, the first one that I put down, uh, also a Kanye West song, but since I'm not a cheater, I did a Ultra Light Beam. From mm-hmm. the Life of Pablo mm-hmm. album. Yeah. Great song. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I, I have to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, they talk about God. Oh, gosh. I, I just haven't listened to it very thoroughly. None of the songs I haven't that I listed, like, I know that they involve God. And But I songs. can't remember. Yeah, and they're yeah. good songs. It's just I didn't have the time to really get into them. And yeah. Develve or what, yeah. whatever you know what I mean. Counter, you get a little different taste of music than we do, so I'm yeah, excited to hear what you guys yeah. say. So after some revision, um, I think uh, probably the first one for me is "With Arms Wide Open" by Creed. With arms wide exactly. Open. Ah, I love their voice. <laughs> now, shout out to the 40 year old guy at my job that introduced 18 year old me to Creed for the first nice. time. But uh, yeah, no, that that's a fantastic song, and yeah, their voice is a little bit you know 90s or 2000s, but uh, no, nah, I, I always like Creed. Dude, that's the song of our childhood, bro. That's right. Yeah, every Gus, you will, you will, you don't understand. You're right. Like every, <laughs> <laughs> dude, every like every boy between the ages of like seven and seventeen. At the time, it's like that song would come on the radio. You just like throw your arms open wide song. and sing it. And, oh, it was <laughs> wonderful. Ah, oh, that's a great song. Yeah. Weird. All right, number two for me uh, was "Dare You to Move" by Switchfoot. 
Dare you to move? Oh, it's such a good song. Oh, it's great. I, I guarantee if you listen to it on like on iTunes later, you'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, I know this song. You can't not love that song. Um, but, you know, it's talking about identity, and identity isn't found in yourself. Um, and so uh, he's pretty bold. I can't remember his John Foreman is pretty bold about his own struggles like mental health and things like that. Um, and he's also they're also very bold about like being there's a lot of people out there that'll be like oh I'm I love Jesus but I I'm not a Christian artist you know and he says mm-hmm. that isn't really a line between the two I sing about what I love and what I love happens to usually be involving my faith so um, yeah it's a it's a there's a they put a lot of stuff out there that has like kind of Christiany vibes to it where you if you know he's a Christian and you're a Christian you can kind of hear it. Um, but that one's just blatantly like, look, man, you got purpose and meaning, and it doesn't come from you. Um, and it's a it's a wonderful piece of music. Guess what you got? Uh, the second one that I had down, it's a song by Chance the Rapper. Uh, it's called The Heart and the Tongue. I can only find it on YouTube. It's not on Apple Music, but uh, it's really good. It talks about uh, the Holy Spirit working in your heart and things of that nature, being a trying to be a godly man and a culture that isn't so godly kind of thing you know along that line i can't find it on well, first of all yes and it's good and chance the rapper's fun too yeah like he's not not all of his music he is, is in ultra light beam as well is he yeah i didn't realize that um yeah he's, not all of his music is necessarily uh kosher yeah. but um he, it's it's fun rap as opposed to a lot of the other yeah 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 it's, it's like just, it's not lighter being, yeah yeah um but on this on the same strain um, oh shoot! Now I forgot his name. The guy that barks all the time. He just oh, died. Oh, that just died. Uh, yeah. Duh. Oh, shoot! I forgot his name now. Oh man! And he did uh, like bring your whole crew and all those. Not my D- Rough Riders anthem. D- yeah, DMX. DMX. DMX became okay. a reformed you know Christian DMX. later in his life. Mm-hmm. I think while I was in prison, which that's just kind of a that's not really surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, I shouldn't say it like that. Um, anyway, he. Uh, uh, not, he was a guy who grew up in a very an awful situation. If you know anything about DMX, he grew up in an absolutely awful situation, and there were always like peripherally Christians. Mm. And so then, when he got himself in trouble and was in and out of prison and was struggling with addiction and things like that, those people who had already always been in his life and kind of came back and rekindled the faith that had been there. And that's what I mean when I say it's not really surprising that somebody that has a little bit of a faith background, when crap hits the fan then returns to Jesus. That's a it's a wonderful kind blessing. Kind of like it's on purpose. Right. <laughs> Almost like God's doing it on purpose. Yeah. But he I can't really find him on on like Spotify or iTunes, but he put out five or six songs like enough to make like an EP if he wanted um, that are just blatantly Christian music and he it's still the s- same style of rap and the same style of beats and stuff like the hardcore ghetto rap style, mm-hmm. but it's Christian music and it's phenomenal. I love it. I love it. That didn't make my list though, just because it's so hard to find. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really know the music per se. It's not any of my favorites, mm. um, but it is really good music. That's fun to listen. It's good, like lifting music for sure. <laughs> kind of what you got. Uh, my next one is going to be "Hail to the King" by Avenged Sevenfold. Yes, that that's a good song. That is a great. That's song. That's a good lifting song right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I forgot about Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. I used to be so down with Avenged Sevenfold and Disturbed. Disturbed. Oh yeah. man, but Avenged Sevenfold. There were um, bat like bat country and the beast and the harlot mm-hmm. and uh, what's the other one uh, the super political one. Um, um, hold on, I'm looking at them. Right now. Uh, I can't well, remember. 
they cuss a lot. But if you listen carefully and you listen to the themes, like some of it's even just graphic and awful. But if you listen to the themes in the music, you go, gee, like these guys, these guys might have a little Jesus going on in the background every once in a while. You get yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, that would definitely be one of those cases where you go, I wish you'd live your faith out a little more. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely in there if, if you listen for it. All right, my third one. This is, uh, it was a huge song back in the day. So I don't know if you young punks like Gus are going to know it. Uh, but Better Days by the Goo Goo Dolls. You know that song? I didn't know it's, that You don't, Connor, I don't, you don't know, know that, that song? one. Better Days by oh, the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, man. It's a, it was actually written as a Christmas song. Um, yeah. And he was going to put it on an, on an album just like as a bonus track. And it got released, like, the, the um, I can't remember the name of the company, uh, the record company. But they're like, no, we're releasing this as a single. And so they released it as a signal, it became a single, and it became one of their biggest songs ever. Um, but Better Days. And uh, it was supposed to be a Christmas song and, or a New Year's song. And so the idea is, today, tonight's the night that the world begins again. So you're both talking about New Year's, where it rolls over into New Year. Okay. And you're also talking about Christ's birth. Tonight is the night the world begins again, mm, which is such a cool idea. Um, and then it was also one of the first like mainstream songs that really addressed abortion. Um, and there's a line in there where he alludes to the idea that, like, what if Mary had aborted Jesus? And he never says, what if Mary had aborted Jesus? But you look at his interviews and the commentary on it, and then once you know that, you listen to the song and you go, oh, man. Um, mm. But, you know, the, the line of, you know, there, and there's one small child who saved this world and 10 million more who probably could if we all just stopped and said a prayer for him. And that That's idea, fantastic. Of, yeah, that, that idea of I'm just going to, like, I'm not going to be in your face about my Christianity or my faith, but I'm just going to tell you exactly what I think and how I feel. It's a, it's a, it's also a great song. I keep adding these to the list of yeah, things that I need to listen to. Better Days by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, Better Days when by the Goo Goo Dolls. you type that in, it is not even in the top five. Options. Really? Yeah. But it's a f- I'm sure you oh, can find it's it. Such a Just great song. Heads up on and everybody. And it was huge on Z93 back in like 2006. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Z93. Z93. And I don't know if it's a national station or not, but it was. Uh, it it was a my favorite as a kid in lacrosse mm-hmm. for sure. Putting a boombox yeah. between our bedrooms and listening on Saturday mornings as we're cleaning our cleaning our rooms. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Uh, last one I've got is "Spirit in the Sky" by Norman Greenbaum. Obviously, because classic. Yeah. Uh, my runner-up, though. Oh, man. So this song, it's by George Harrison. And if you know anything about George Harrison, he kind of went Hindu on everybody. Yeah, he's bigger um, than Jesus, though. So Right, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so here's the thing. He has a song called My Sweet Lord. And when I first listened to it, like, I don't know. I took it in more of a Christian sense than the fact that he was actually doing a, uh, what do you call him, a mantra to uh, something else. And for those of you that don't know what mantras are, essentially that's a chant, right? And uh, I don't know. Like, when you think about it, the song's pretty good. But otherwise, yeah. I don't know. Uh, my final song is probably God's Gonna Cut You Down by Johnny Cash. You oh, remember that yeah. one? Yeah, there you I go. I really enjoy Johnny Cash. Song. Yeah, we yeah. didn't get into country, but there's tons of good song. country songs. Live Country's Like You Were Dying. Yeah. I Saw God Today. Like, come on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Sorry, we're taking too long. We're chatting. We're not taking too long. We're chatting a lot. But in order to get us out of here on time, we're gonna cruise through that. I, uh, that's about to be. I'm about to listen to a bunch of that music we talked about though, because it's phenomenal. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this week in church, uh, we got about five minutes left here. So this week in church is Pentecost 14. So you may or may not hear Galatians 3 verses 15 to 22 on Sunday. The title of this section is called "The Law and the Promise." Brothers and sisters, let me make 
take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly, duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to his seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed. Specifically, mean, sorry, it doesn't say specifically in the text, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this. The law, introduced 430 years later, does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of the transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Now, obviously, this is written to believing Jews who are trying to figure out like what it means to be under the new covenant. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that really isn't, I don't think, what we necessarily struggle with. But the underlying conversation here is works righteousness versus faith. Can I do anything to save myself? Is it that I can do a bunch of good stuff, but I can't quite be good enough so Jesus fills in the holes? Is it that I can't do anything good and Jesus just does it all? And if that's the case, why does the law even matter at all? Or is it that Jesus helps me do good things so that I can save myself, essentially? Um, and this clearly lays out the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of confused when I read it the first time. I didn't understand what, like, Paul was trying to get at. But, I mean, now it kind of makes sense. It's like the law doesn't get in the way of the promise. The promise fulfills the law, though. And, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know, just understanding the context of why he was saying this helps a lot with understanding how this is beneficial for us. My biggest takeaway has definitely been, like, the promise came before the law. Mm -hmm. And so the law was established just to show how short humanity does fall in comparison to what God wants from us. And the fact that the promise was there, the promise of the Savior and the fulfillment of the law in Christ is crucial. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and... um to to you you said exactly what I was where I wanted to go is the uh how would we recognize our sin or our savior if we didn't recognize how sinful we are mm -hmm. like nothing sets Jesus apart if there isn't a law well that's, that's probably too bold of a statement but if there wasn't a law for us not to fulfill would we really recognize how sinful we are and yeah, how desperate we need a savior yeah. And that's good Lutheran theology there, the mirror <laughs> curve and guide, right? Yeah. What is the purpose of the law? To point yeah. out my sins, to guide me on the path, and to uh, keep me secure in my faith. So, yeah, I, it's a, I, when I, when I first read it, I was like, there's no way we're doing this on a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the more I, I read it, like two or three times before I decided to pick this one, I was like, man, like this is a wonderful, simple presentation of the gospel message. And you really have it all there except for, the name well even the, yeah except for the name jesus it's all there is it in there it's in yeah in 22 right at the oh end of yeah look at that yeah <laughs> but oh yeah i see it now um yeah the inheritance cannot depend upon the law because 
Um, if it depends on the law, it no longer depends on a promise. You can't sacrifice a little bit of grace without giving it all up. And that that is something I think many, many Christians, particularly modern American Christians, do not have a grip on or understand, mm-hmm. is if I give up any of the grace I've been given, I give it all up. Yeah. Right? yeah. If I can help myself at all, then I, the responsibility is on me to, to complete the entire law. So if you decide that you want to be saved by works, that's up to you, but you're going to fail. You're going to be judged under the if law. If you decide you want to be saved by the grace of God and by Jesus' sacrifice, then it's free. Yeah, I think something that I'm going to take away from this, just kind of meditate on almost for the next couple of days, just verse 22, that first part, right? But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin. Like, that just kind of makes a lot of sense. So it's like things in your life that are controlled by your sinful nature or by the world, you know, it's all been put away by scripture. And it's therefore, it's not something that we have to deal with necessarily, like in the sense that it's on you to figure it out. It's already been figured out. It's Mm -hmm. already been taken care of. Yeah. He both provides the law, shows us that we are sinful and wicked, and then says, hey, don't worry about it. And then the new promise, right? The new promise that the law has been fulfilled and that we have eternity waiting for us as believers in Jesus Christ because we have faith in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. In in my mind, it almost raises some questions about before the flood. Like, is Mm -hmm. maybe one of the reasons they were so wicked before the flood that God hadn't necessarily given a law? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about. Maybe that's like part of the insulation of the law in a second. Like, after the flood, God then chooses his own people and says, all right, I'm going to give you a law that you're going to follow. And is that maybe him saying, like, not that it's not a commentary on God not being all-knowing. He obviously knows. But maybe the second time around he says, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And this way you'll know. As opposed to everybody kind of doing whatever they see fit. It'd be worth a study for sure. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. If it's heresy, throw it away. If it's not, keep it. Whatever. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Any last thoughts on uh, on anything on the broadcast today? No. No. All right. It was a pleasure having you on, Connor. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. You're looking sharp, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I like the new ink too. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, got a couple tattoos. So, so sweet, Gustav. Thanks for being on as always. Absolutely, gentlemen. uh, What do I always say? Go be the men. Oh yeah, thank you. Go be the man God created you to be. We'll see you next time. (laughs) On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go 
and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.